You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPite, delighted to be your host as always. Joined as always by Mark Wilson. Wilson, when it comes to football, this must be a very, very bad weekend for you looking back. Uh, it's been uh, nothing short of awful, but the, the shining light this weekend is to be in the same company as Talbot's number one player and a proud referee that wasn't uh, manipulated by the establishment and left his job in protest at the refereeing standards in Scottish football. We We've also got a special guest, Dov Shankers, a rodeo on this week. We are joined by, we found two excellent replacements. We have found the best striker in Auckland Lake, as Wilson said, Stevie Wilson. Steve, it's a pleasure to welcome you on. Thanks for joining us. You all right? Well, first of all, well, I'm not a striker, but I'm a midfielder, a defender as well, so... Better that, Utility man, all day long. And we're joined by one of the finest referees Scotland's ever produced, Charlie Richmond. Charlie, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us, Scott. Brilliant. We'll get into the, the big talking points over the week. There's a lot to get through in this week's episode. We'll start off, obviously, the championship season ended. Dundee, Rayton, and Fermor have made the playoffs. Hearts are champions. Ayr and Abroad stayed up on the final day, meaning Morton got into a playoff with the other three remaining League One teams. Wilson, I'll start with you. Obviously, Kilmarnock will touch on later on, but if Kilmarnock end up in these positions, out of Dundee, rated and Fermlin, who do you worry about playing out the most out of those three teams? It doesn't matter, because Kelly will beat all three of them anyway. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really concerned. I said that from the start. I said, even if Kelly finish 11th, um, I'd be comfortable beating any team and uh, the championship out with possibly Hearts, but they were never going to be in the, the playoff place. Um, I dare say they're not be decent enough teams, but if if there was crowds in, you know, I, I, Kelly Dundee used to be a fairly big game because we're kind of even peels in terms of Premier League teams for a while. Um, but no, I would have I would have no worries in facing uh, any of the three of those teams, to be honest. Definitely, Stevie. Obviously, we'll touch on Morton making the reaching the relegation playoffs. Do you worry about Morton? Obviously, I, I could be very, very interesting with the League One teams of Cove Rangers, Airdrie and likely Falkirk are going to be the third team in that playoff. Are you worry about Morton against the likes of them if they come up against them? To be fair, I think, like I see Cove Rangers, obviously we've played them a few times, and especially at their part. It's wide, it's an astrograss. Uh, I like to say that they pass the ball a bit for fun. Uh, so if, if it ends up going more than I think it'd be a very decent game. But Wilson was talking about commandment always, no fear of any of the, play, the teams are going to play. But Kelly can still be doing. You know I mean, so they need to get their finger out. We'll touch on Kelly later on. Charlie, Air United stayed up. How do you what do you think about that? Obviously, they brought in David Hopkins. Do you think though they were lucky to stay up? I know there's a lot of Air fans been saying that the They've been lucky to stay up with the skin of their teeth. Do you feel though that they're always going to stay up? I think um, when you look at what Air United done with McCall, and a lot of people were saying that they were overachieving with regards to there, if I'm being brutally honest, 
I'm, I'm, I'm delighted for Ayrshire that they're staying up, but it just shows you that David Smith coming in, making the decisions, he's, he's, he's done the right thing. If Air United had been down, you could potentially see a lot of cuts at that club. And I think that would be the same at Kilmarnock as well. And I would say as well that the, the playoff always benefits the higher-up team with regards to Kilmarnock in the Premiership. And that happened the last time Kilmarnock were in the playoffs. Falkirk had to play games after games after games. So that was probably two, four, six games, whereas Kilmarnock, or if they finish, they'll only play two. But if you go down a league, you automatically, your budget's cut, things will happen for there. So going back to the original question, Air United, could they see it? Probably no. They're just delighted to be in the, the championship for another season. Definitely. Wilson, who's taking credit for getting Dick Campbell, who, for Dick Cam motivating Dick Campbell to stay up? Was it me or you? <laughs> well, I, I think if you've listened to the podcast, it was the guest on, I think it's me. Um, I questioned his tactical ability and, you know, and maybe our growth should have made a change coming to the end and he, he used that as motivation. He pinned my quotes up in the dressing room at Gayfield um, and his players have responded. So he's phoned a couple of times just asking about, you know, formations and things, how I can help him out. So I'm, I'm very, very pleased for it, to be honest. Brilliant. Well, also this week, also this week we've got some more things coming up. Obviously, uh, League One, Falkirk, part of this were obviously champions. Falkirk, have, I think, only need a point to clinch the, the last place. I think that's Tuesday, the last game's there. League two, Queen's Park have wrapped up the league. Really, really interesting. The playoffs routine there, obviously, Shunrar, Edinburgh City. There's a few teams there that can make the playoffs. We'll move on, though, to the Premiership. Obviously, another interesting week. We'll start off, as always, with Kilmarnock. Big game, it was, we thought, on Saturday against Motherwell, but turned out to be disappointing. Wilson, first of all, what do you think about Kilmarnock's performance and how big a mess has Kyle Lafferty? Um, performance was weak. I'm not going to lie, um, he didn't look, you know, energised and enthused by by the fact. I didn't think Motherwell were particularly great either, to be honest, um, but Kelly were poor. Again, I know, obviously, with how many games coming thick and fast, there's a slight bit of squad rotation and things, but um, what, what I would say, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad someone of Stevie's ilk is on, on the show tonight, because the other two wouldn't have had a clue. Um I don't know if you've seen the highlights, Stevie, about the reaction to the first goal. I've, um, I've seen kind of bits yet. Uh, is that the one with Broadfoot and Dicker? Yeah. Boy? Now, are they having a pop at the young kid? Is, is he showing him on his right-hand side? Is, is that what they're having a pop about? Because I, I can't see anything else otherwise for the level of criticism to what it was. Uh, well, that's what I was kind of thinking as well. I think it's been kind of blown out of proportion, I think, with... With what I've seen on Twitter and other social media, um, obviously they're, they're all saying, "Oh, Dicker and Broadfoot needs to go, slot my young boy, etc., etc." But that's what happens when you when you play football. Unfortunately, at times, even when I first went in talking late, if you make a mistake, at times you do get slaughtered. But that's just part and parcel away. No, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with the with, with the responses. Such, I'm actually looking. What mistake has Rossi made? Is it shown him on his right foot and he's right footed and he's passed it in? Is that? I, 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 I think so. By the, the time he covers over, I'm thinking, what chance has he got? 
I, 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 I think it's because I did, I did really too much into the social media stuff because it, it was it was really really bad in oh, terms of Dickering Broadfoot uh, and, and the abuse they were getting, and especially this weekend where there's been a social media blackout by professional clubs and things. But I, I, as I said before, I still think um, Carol Lafferty will, will save the day. I, I really do. Um, it's, it'll be interesting next week. You know, the kind of worst case scenario. As you know, even Kelly loses. Kelly draw with St. Mun and Hamilton beat Ross County. They're all going to that last game on 33 points, you know. Um, and Kelly are away at Hamilton as well. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I thought, I think maybe the mid, well, the St. Mun performance and losing in penalties maybe deflated Kelly a wee bit because he did have a wee bit of momentum and Kyle Lafferty was scoring goals. But it's a week and a two steps forward, one step back. Um, this week, but two, two of the massive games for Kelly Hamilton and Ross County coming up. Charlie, do you fear for Komarma after the result on Saturday? I think so. And I think, as you guys will, will know, that going into the last four or five games, you want to have some sort of momentum. Mm. You always, a season is probably split into three, and you'll always have a dip in form. And the last thing you want to do is have your dip in form going into to the, the run-in. And the problem Kilmarnock, or the problem that I saw Kilmarnock having was trying to put the ball in the back of the net. Now, we've obviously brought Lafferty in. And has he been injured or is he just, can he fail out a, a favour? But I would have thought he would have played every minute, every game in injured. order to try and get uh, the goals. I think he was injured, aye. He missed, he missed the midweek game against St. Merlin, allegedly in one of these moon boots, I call them, supporting casts on. Um, so that, that's why he didn't play against St. Merlin. He, he looked just as if he was carrying uh, a bit of an arc as well. Um, just in terms of watching him shooting early, usually take on, take folk on and whatnot. So. Uh-huh. So Kilmarnock have, have, have put all their eggs in one basket with one player to try and get them to go and get them out. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't play or if he doesn't carry the team, it's, it's a big it's a big ask uh, to to try and get somebody else in to 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 score the goals. And as I said earlier, going into the last couple of games, no confidence, no momentum. You're, you're really up against it. And, I, think, I think what Kelly would rely on the experience, Charlie, you know, with the likes of Broadfoot, Dicker, Chris Buck. But who's going to score the goals? That, well, this is the problem. Well, it's, mean, all right, it's all right keeping the goals out, but you need to, Kilmarnock need to win with, with, to try and keep themselves in there. When you look at if they end up in the playoff, there's, there's a few good teams in there who probably give them a a run for their money and it, is it going to be the, the last time taking them a walk down Troon Beach to tell them by the way if you don't win this there's people going to get uh, their jobs lost mm-hmm. uh, the last time they were on it who was the manager that took them down Troon Beach a walk the English guy right yeah, so you don't want to go down that avenue they, they played they played midweek against St Mum without laughing and scored three goals so yeah and Brilliant. St. Murna are probably a better team than Murnau at the moment, to be honest. So, But then the thing is, and, and I don't care what anybody says, if you've got the semi-final of a cup coming up, then if you're playing into a semi-final of a cup, you, you, players, and, and Stephen probably back me up here, you've got one eye and been in that team. You don't want to go into 
to tackles and get injuries and, and things like that. So potentially, if you look at the, the, the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup, the teams that are playing, i.e. St Mern, St Johnston, Dundee United and Hibs, will feel a better chance than you going to play Hamilton, scraping for your life, Ross County, scraping for their life, and Kilmarnock, scraping for their life, but probably no playing the best of the three teams. Yeah, definitely. Stevie, Ross County obviously got a big result away to Dundee United. How big a, a result is that for them, obviously? A brilliant result, I think, obviously. I think that's a massive result, as Charlie was saying. Like, like the momentum is key. Because, uh, like, like so I remember a few years ago at Talbot, the first, the start of the season, we were terrible. And the focus went Tucker Sackton, etc. And they're like, and then Ferreira on in, I think we went near enough undefeated in the league. We ended up winning the league then. So, as you say, it's split up. And I feel as if Ross County now are starting to pick up. They've got a bit of momentum. And then, obviously, a, a great result away in the United, uh, 2-0. So, I think, obviously, the next two games, I think they're going to be more positive than what Kamarnik is. They've got goal scorers as well, Stephen. Ross yeah. County, have, can, they've, they've got boys like Ollie White and Mackay and things, and the other boy, I can't even say his name. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's the... Ayo Cavetti. Oh, I, I don't even know his name. Apologies to him. But he, they've been scoring goals. You've, they've been getting goals for other... I don't see that with Kilmarnock. Ross County are garbage. They win one game, then lose the next six. And everyone thinks John Hughes is doing an amazing job. He'll be, he'll be at the door. He'll be in the playoffs and he'll lose. <laughs> Charlie, we'll go into St. Marin versus Hamilton. We'll touch on the game in a minute, but I want to get your thoughts on Brian Rice. Now, obviously, he's, he's made the news for his comments. I don't know if you've seen his interview yesterday, which I thought was brilliant. Yes. Do you yeah. have a bit of sympathy for him, or do you, for the referee's perspective, obviously, you'll know Crawford Allen. Yeah. Do you understand kind of the, the process there? I have like, how he's ended up with a four-game ban, and can you can you see where Brian Rice is kind of coming from in his response? Yeah, and I, I get the whole picture, having been in that, having been in that loop aspect of it. Um, majority of managers phone in on a Monday morning, complain about decisions, or ask for this to the referee department from there. Uh, I, I think at the present moment in time, they're still working from from home, etc etc and they'll probably start now but Brian he's got he's got to choose his words and that's what he, he was up for if, if you make any comment to to cite that you're saying that a referee is incompetent or biased or, and that's where the articles are, are coming in from there's nothing wrong with saying I thought it was a poor or a bad decision um for there but because he, and he went on to comment about Crawford Allen as if he was if I phone Crawford and Crawford doesn't get back to you, it's just because we are Hamilton for that side. What you've got to sometimes realise, and I don't know if you noticed the appointments this week as well, was that the, the experienced officials went to those games. So you had like John Beaton and Bobby Madden and they, them. So sometimes when a new official comes into the Premier League, you look at those games and the teams down there and that's where they can have blood the, the the young guys through. So there is sympathy for them um, because, to contradict myself, the decisions that Brian Rice were complaining about was made by experienced officials. 
So that would be another aspect that we'd be looking at it and that concept of the standard of refereeing. So I have got a bit of sympathy for them, um, but you've got to choose your words um, to try and get your point across without making uh, referees incompetent, biased, etc., etc. Well, you could give that mantra to Bobby Madden because he wasn't given the old firm game because he'd be attending the Rangers Player of the Year awards tonight, probably. <laughs> so maybe I had to keep him out of the loop because he, he's up for an award anyway for getting them 18 <laughs> points this year. Stevie, another big result for Hamilton. Are you, are you surprised that are you surprised that they went to St. Marin and picked up a result like that? Stevie, obviously, like every season they seem to they seem to grind it out. I don't know what it is. They've, they've, they've seemed to survive uh, past few seasons, and hopefully, I do. I'm, I'm obviously Kelly, so I'm hoping they don't do that again. Um, but I, I was, I was surprised. But then, on the other hand, no, because they've done this for a few seasons now. They've managed to grind it out and stay up. Wilson, Aberdeen and St. Johnson obviously picked up away results in the, the league. Are you, you want to touch on them quickly? Ah, uh, no, no interest. They're, they're, they're done and dusty, those two, those two teams. Um, so let, let them have a day. A good, a good result for Stephen Glass because they got an absolute pasting with Dundee United um, the week before in the Cup. So I think he'd, be, he'd been expecting a bit of a response. But, um, but uh, they're just diddy teams. Let's move on. We'll move on to today's game. Obviously, the, the highlight of the week was obviously the, the last Old Firm derby of the season. Steve, I'll start with you. Rain, uh, we heard in the press the past couple of days, David Proben in particular said this wasn't a top Rangers team. In my opinion, today we saw a top Rangers performance from a top Rangers team. What's your thoughts? I thought they were magnificent today. I mean, I totally agree. I think, I think Gerard, Gerard's got them playing. I, maybe they'll know every single player's top quality. But Gerard's got them kind of pressing every single ball. It's like every player now you see, they're just constantly pressing. They're working for each other. Um, like Sir Ryan Kent, the past two old firms, I think he's been phenomenal. Um, and then Morelis as well. I mean, six months ago, I he was good. But now he's brought in an air aspect. His game of holding the ball in, linking up play. Um, and then his finish today was phenomenal. But again, big ayer. He was... Red Rotten as a defender. Wilson, obviously, uh, we've we touched on this in my group chat. I, I said today I thought Ryan Kent and Joe Rebo in particular were magnificent. Do we, are we getting to the stage now where we're real? Like, do we think Rangers deserve, how much credit do Rangers deserve for how well they've played this season? I'm coming to you for that because I know that will eat you alive, the fact you're going to make it. Oh, he's got to say name, isn't he? Well, it's, it's easy when you have uh, every referee in Scottish football making things much easier for you. And Stephen Gerrard, using his stature of what a world-class player he is, uh, deciding what happens in Scottish football, then it's going to be much easier for you. Now, what you have to remember is, and again, and let, let, let just the, let's the, the, the viewers be honest, Scott puts on the Ryan Kent's the best player in the world when Hearts are playing Wraith. <laughs> no, it's not just um, and Kemal Roof's this and Jermaine Defoe's this. Um, so don't, I'm not worried about that. But as I say, she's off there. And if Ryan wants to come on and argue the case, 
I've said Ryan Kent is a good player and he plays well in the big games. He's done well in European games and he's done well in the majority of old firm games. Right? But we can week out. Ryan Kent isn't a 70 pound player, never mind seven million. He's so inconsistent, I think, on a week to week basis. But he's Steven Gerrard's go to man in big games because I, I struggle to think when Rangers have started to dominate uh, now where he's played bad. You know, in big games, I, I think he was excellent in Europe. And, and even in the latter stages, I thought he was really good. But again, it's typical winger. They're a winger or a wide player because they never play well every week. And I'm not saying he's, you know, I think if, if Rangers played Celtic every week, Ryan Kent would be player of the season. But you've seen the season that Rangers have had. And let's be honest, he wouldn't be near any of the awards for the Rangers players. You know, we, we, we are doing our own set of awards and it's down to... Uh, Taverne, Goldson, McGregor, and who was the other one? Aribo or Davis, was it? Kamara? You yeah. know, they, they get the press. Rankin doesn't get that same press because he doesn't perform week in, week out. He performs in big games, and that's why he plays, you know, the, the, the big games. Joe Aribo, again, I would say he, he he's, he's improved. Absolutely. I still don't think he's anything on the likes of Jack, Kamara, Davis, and Arfield that play in there. Um, but he, he has certainly improved. And Rangers have blown everyone away, you know, this season in, in terms of the league. But it's, it's good to see that an, an invincible campaign has involved two defeats. So it's, it's, it's mind-boggling, to be honest, sometimes. Yeah. Steve, are you want to respond to it? On today's game, again, and I've said it before on here, massively influenced by the establishment and a refereeing decision. And as I say, Charlie's just hung them out to dry there saying the good referees have had the, the lower-end teams and the old firm game got an absolute diddy Rangers supporter in charge of it. Um, so there was only going to be one winner today. Stevie, you want to respond to that? Sorry. <laughs> you want to <laughs> <After> respond? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm a neutral, Stevie. I don't buy into all that. I'm a neutral. Aye, so you are. Don't get just I'm, 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 I'm a neutral in terms no, of he, he, like he's, he's talking about Kent, he's turns up to the, the big games, etc. But I feel Gerard, I at times he doesn't he doesn't play top quality every game. But I think Gerard feels as if that's one player that can can create a bit of magic. If the team's not doing good, at times he does can create a bit of magic out of nothing and get a goal or create a chance for a goal. Charlie. How much credit the Rangers deserve for, for last victory and this season in general? And do you think the game changed on the red card decision? I think it, you've got to give praise where praise is due. And for a team to turn that round, um, nobody, and, and I don't care how big a Rangers supporter you are and how big a Celtic supporter you are, nobody would have seen the turnaround and what has actually happened in this season. Everybody was probably sitting thinking, this is going to be tight, this is going to be tight. And over the period, the most consistent team, i.e. picking up the points, has won the league. And for Rangers playing like that, they've played well in the big games. They've grounded out the results in the big games. Now, Celtic have had their times 
in the old firm games and they haven't capitalised and took the chances and maybe pushed the game closer and closer. So when you look at that, you give them praise for there, but on the other side of things, they're probably saying, well, why are we not pushing for a treble? When you think of how the cup campaigns have went as well, you're looking at it to say, well, we need to be more consistent. And that's probably one of the things that Stephen Gerrard will be looking at is we've had such a good season and we're only picking up one bit of silverware. So we need to then move forward and try and pick up the, the cup runs. I'm led to believe that the deal is done with Eddie Howe. When he's coming in, I don't know. Um, but if there's a guy who is very, very meticulous and very, very precise and is probably one of the, the closest managers in England to be like Brendan Rodgers, there's a big building job for him to come in to try and get a trophy or the league back next season. So credit where credit's due. See, see, to be honest, I'm, I'm not down to Eddie Howe's credentials. And again, he's, he's managed two very provisional clubs in terms of what the size Celtic are to these, to these two clubs. I don't think now, because the gap is so big, that Celtic need an Eddie Howe and someone in that's going to be trying to play attractive football. I think Celtic now need to go old school and get someone in that's going to raise a few eyebrows and kick some asses because, again, watching, as I say, I only watched maybe the last, the last hour, um, they're, an abs they're an absolute shambles. They have no identity. There is absolutely nothing coming from the, the technical area. There is nothing coming from on the pitch. And I can totally understand all these things you see in social media, you know, where um, the Rangers players maybe mocking Scott Brown. No wonder, you know, because give it out, take it back. I, I think the problems lie deeper and deeper for Celtic and going by their old fun performances only this season, I can see them turning into an Aberdeen or Dundee United and finishing in the top four for the next couple of seasons because they can't, they can't the, the rebuild is so big, it's like when, when Rangers were put into the third division, they had to rebuild it every year I think that's what Celtic need to do and the Celtic fans are only going to be happy to finish second for the next three, four seasons while this rebuild continues Right, I've got some. Like, like, you go, sorry. You're talking, sorry, they're talking about old fun there. Is I, I seen a start there. Gerard's the first manager to go six games in a row undefeated in old fun games since Alan McLeish. So mm -hmm. that alone is. I mean, they don't count because that was the EBT year, so they were cheating. Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> they were cheating then, so you can't you can't have cheats and and praising them. That was all to do with, with money they didn't have. Right, Wilson, I've been desperate to make this point with you about Carl McGregor. You you're on here a lot saying Carl McGregor's a quality midfielder. I totally agree he's a brilliant midfielder, but there's been big talk, obviously, Brown's away in the summer, there's been big talk that McGregor's going to be the next captain. After that today, is he captain material? Yes, because he, he knows he knows what, what it means to play for Celtic. You know? But you've got he, to question his judgment after that, after today. He knew he was in a yellow card and goes in, like, goes in with ridiculous challenges. Yeah, well, again, it's, it's a red card in the eyes of Nick Walsh in the establishment. Not many other people's a red card for. Um, but that's something he's going to have to overcome. Now, I think, I mean, don't get me wrong, and as, as you well know, Scott, I think Carl McGregor is more than capable of playing at a, you know, not a higher team, but a higher league, certainly. And 
Some, someone made a great point. My friend made a great point the other day saying, if you watch Callum McGregor, right, he is much better without the ball in terms of your team. So see when he plays for Scotland, for example, and they don't have that much of the ball when they're playing better teams. Whereas with Celtic, he's on the ball an awful lot. And that's where he's maybe, he's maybe criticised, etc. But he went through a wee spell the start of the season before um, when Scott Brown wasn't playing. And I think it was him and Cham in there and they were absolutely excellent. But I suppose everyone was at that time, um, to be fair. But as I, I think I think Carl McGregor will go to it and play in a bigger league. I, I don't see... And yeah, he's put in a couple of tackles today and whatnot. And I was calling out for that after the kind of whimper that they've played the last four or five old firm games. But as I say, there, there, there wasn't one of those Celtic players today that I thought, you know, if it's Eddie Howe, as Charlie says, you know, Eddie Howe will be looking going, well, I'd keep him, I'd keep him, I'd keep him. Any one of those guys involved today that are kept, are kept on a financial basis because they can't afford to go and buy, you know, 10 to 15 players in. I heard a great point a couple of hours ago when somebody said, it feels a lot of sentiment at Celtic right now. Scott Brown's playing out of sentiment. John Kennedy's in the dugout out of sentiment. Peter Lowell's potentially staying on in an advisory role out of sentiment. That is that not as, as you're saying, does that does there need to be a clean slate of the club? Yes, and, and that and that's why I'm saying it could take two or three years to rebuild. Now, again, yes, they, they've they've had some sort of success um over the last few years with Brendan Rogers and Latterly Neil Lennon. But again, as we've referenced Dave King before, the House of Cards. The House he's of Cards right. is a long time. Right. Yes, yes, he is. But the House of Cards takes a long time to build. And now, and, I, and I'm saying, has Eddie Howe got that to come in and wrestle back a league for such a, a, a dominant? You know, it wasn't as if Rangers won the league by a helicopter Sunday or three or four points. This has been an absolute annihilation. The fans are demotivated. I think nine or ten of the players I could very well don't want to be there. And what I'm saying is the building job doesn't need Eddie Howe to come in and all oh, this, we're playing this way and we're doing this. Somebody needs to get behind the scenes and start saying you need to start fighting for your lives because season ticket sales will be down. The bigger players that you maybe get any sort of money for, you know, we, we, I, I say on this um, show about Ryan Christie, you know, playing his way out of the Scotland squad because um, of how bad he's been latterly this season, you know, Callum McGregor's values dropped. Ed, Edward's values dropped. Ayer's values dropped. You know? I, I, I shouldn't have a value. Oh, do you know no. Thing, do you know something, no, you know though, no with Ayer? Do you know something, though, no with Ayer? Wilson, I'll, I'll ask you this again. We'll bring, the, we'll bring the boys in on this as well. Do you know think Ayer's potentially going to go into a, a midfield role in his next team? Because he, he could do that. He was good at that at Kilmarnock. Yeah, when he was on the command, he was excellent in there. Um, but I just think because of his pace, he, he maybe plays there because I don't think, you know, the other centre-halves that Celtic have had there have been blessed um, with that pace. Uh, so, but again, is, could, could he, I mean, would, would he stay and be the next Scott Brown? Would he come in and play in the middle of the part and be the captain, etc.? I saw he get the captain's armband today uh, when Brown went off. But, as I say, if, if you're Eddie Howe or a potential Celtic manager... Watching, watching that team today, you're thinking, I want to touch that with a bounce ball. Well, I'm going to bring Charlie in on that. Charlie, if you were Eddie Howe, or you, what would you be thinking watching that game today? There's no doubt about it, this is a big job in any way, shape or form. And if you look at 
the mentality of the players that, that are there. By the beginning of the season, did Celtic have the players with the mentality to win 10 in a row? That's something that you've got to ask as well. So Eddie Howe will be looking at that, and that's why he wants his backroom staff in. Sorry, Charlie, can I just touch on a point you've made? I'm sorry to interrupt you. You said about the mentality of winning 10 in a row there. Yeah. Now, I questioned these guys last week suggesting, would Rangers have had the season they've had had Ibrox been full every week or every second week? Because I think I, I've touched on a mentality issue there with these guys yeah. before in terms of, for example, James Tavernier was hung out yeah. to dry by yeah. Rangers fans for three yeah. seasons. And then yeah. all of a season... He's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the new Cafu because he's had one great season. But that's because there's yeah. no 50,000 folk rolling and shouting at him. 100%. So I, think I think there's a mentality problem at Rangers as well because if these 50,000 fellas get back next season, are they going to win the league by 23 points? Well, going to your point about mentality, every single professional football player, team, is all about mentality. Talking about yeah. Rangers, Northern fans. I feel Scott Brown's no kicked the ball that season because there's no been fans. She gets yep. hyped up with fans shouting at him and I but that's the that, 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 that's the two different sides of the argument, Stephen. Celtic I, were brilliant, not so poor without fans, right? So they maybe need the fans to egg them on. Rangers have been terrible with fans, as soon as there's no fans, no pressure. Oh I thought I totally agree, but I think it's one of the it's an argument that maybe they can really give because we don't care if there was fans there last season with oh. Rangers won the league. So it's but I was quite, I was just talking about Charlie when he mentioned mentality yeah. not going for 10 or failing at 10 in a row as such. Yeah, because of the because of the argument of fans working for you or fans working against you with regards to there. But as Stevie says, uh, uh, you should be going out there getting your best week in, week out from there. Eddie Howe will probably be sitting there watching that and realizing that. Can I get my backroom staff? And I believe that's a stumbling point of the backroom staff, etc., etc., so that he can get people that he can bounce off of. Mm. Now, when you look at Neil Lennon at the time, Neil Lennon, we all know Neil was a, 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 having dealings with him. He's a wee bit of a kind of hothead and needed to be in check sometimes. And then when Neil come in and said, you've got the job, but unfortunately you've got Kennedy and Strachan. And you have to get somebody to really to bounce off it. And that's where I think Eddie Howe coming in with the whole backroom staff, the whole scouting process and everything, he'll have somebody to bounce off of and say, right, you're away, you're away. The lone players, I can't see any of the lone players getting kept. They'll be away from there. And there's other players who'll be wanting a move. Their value might have been away down, but they'll be wanting a move out. And Eddie Howe will then look at his scouting players that he's probably identified as ready to come in and 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 take that step to to, to play for Celtic for there. So Eddie Howe will know how big a job it is, but when you go into a big job, you want people beside you. I'm not saying who you can trust. You want people beside you who you can bounce off ideas with and they'll give you an honest opinion rather than be a yes-no man. And, and sometimes... When you haven't got that, you feel as if everything's cooked up inside yourself mm -hmm. and you're trying to do everything yourself for there. That's, that, that's probably a bit like you, Mark, when you were at uh, Gosling. Amateurs, you were cooked up, everyone's 
for yourself, wasn't it? The pressure was unbearable. It's unbearable. <laughs> uh, if, you check, if you check the trophies, Stevie, you know, you can come in and see the medals if you like, Pat. Right. <laughs> right, Wilson, Scott Brown. The Obviously, that was the last match. dance. The last dance. <laughs> do you... How do you look back though? Obviously, Scott Bryan, we know he's a legend at Celtic. Celtic's second greatest captain will probably go down as. That to me, the Scott Brown playing today is a perfect example of poor management of players, particularly with Scott Brown. He was, when Celtic went down, when Celtic were at 11 men, Scott Brown was a yard off the pace. Celtic go down to 10 men and you're expected to do more running. Scott Brown. Why? Why yeah. Scott Brown? Scott Brown couldn't do it. Scott Brown couldn't keep up with the the, the intensity of the likes of Kent and Aribo, who were who are fast. Are three could be two yards faster than Scott Brown. Has that got to be questioned as well? The mismanagement of a player like Scott Brown, who the past couple of years has been off the pace, has been slower than he's been, has been less of the pace than he's been. Do you know what I mean? Like, see, see, be fair, see for your answer. See, be fair, I, I. As much as I don't like Scott Brown, but the day I Scott Brown's laughing all that, he is getting older than that. But I think Kenny, Kenny has to look at that 25, 26 minutes in, sending off. He has to look at that and make, make yeah, a yeah, make a yeah, yeah. You, you don't expose his weakness, you cover his weakness. I think that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say as well. Uh, Wilson, yeah. what, would, what would you think about that? You've kind of said that recently as well that you've. I, I, I think, I mean, again. I don't know Scott Brown. I would love to know him. I think me and him would be really good friends, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think we would be good friends. So, Scott, if you're watching, just give us a wee bell, buddy. Um, again, I, I didn't think the mismanagement possibly today, it was it was quite well received. It was his last old fun game. And it, it can show two things. It can show how poor the Celtic squad is, you know, that they didn't trust anyone else to go on and play in there. I felt the mismanagement from John Kennedy was a couple of weeks ago when, I forget who it was, was it the old firm game on the Saturday when they played Aberdeen on the Tuesday? And he's playing whatever age Scott Brown is, two games mm-hmm. in a row. You know, no, Aberdeen's not far, but they travel and all that. And I thought, geez, oh, you know, it actually kind of looked as if for a spell as if Scott Brown was a manager. Now, Scott Brown's maybe demanded to play every single game as when your career's coming to an end. But I felt Scott Brown had so many outs. You know, he could have retired after the quadruple treble. I actually felt watching him in the cup final against Hearts, I thought, this guy's biased, guy's three yards off the pace. And I thought that would have just been the perfect time to say, well done, and Neil Lennon's going to leave. You know, I'd be interested in staying on to to help out. But I'm glad he stayed on, to be fair. Well, well, exactly, and that's what I'm saying. So his, his legacy has slightly... Um, being tainted for what's went before now. Do you think that? Do you do you think that though? Yes, think? yes. No. I don't. I, absolutely, I do, and I'll tell you why. When Rangers failed to win ten in a row, right? Now I know they were, the Norries were a lot better at the time, and that was like Alan McCoy, Dean Durant, etc.'s last game. I, I I felt that was you know I felt that didn't taint the especially not Alan McCoy. He scored so many goals, etc. But I felt that was a wee bit of a stain on that because I think Walter Smith has uh, come out since and said I should have freshened it up. I think he sold Gascoigne in the January. Um, I think when they saw that it was uh, one, uh, no, was it one Janssen at the time? It yeah, one Janssen. Um, I think yeah, one Janssen at Hunter McLeod. Who's this fella? You know, we'll, we'll be able to rock this. Um, so 
I, I think they are slightly team. I think the fans are angry. And as I say, Charlie touched on it earlier, the swing has been unbelievable. The swing, the, again, if this league had been played, uh, the league has been played, but if this had went to four points, six points, Celtic fans might be, you know, raging that they lost or didn't win the 10 in a row. But the swing is what, 38, Celtic won about 18 and it's 23 yeah. now. Mm-hmm. You know? So, but see when you've it's got... Bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre, but it tells you the problems and it also tells you that, you know, going back to your Scott Brown question, who, who else would have played in there? But see, when you get the love for a club, sometimes you become blinkered, oh, and you think you can you think you can do everything. And the decision of managing Scott Brown should have been took out of his hands. By the way, we're not playing you in Aberdeen. We're going to rest you for this game, for this game, and it would have been very, it would have been very, very hard to to take Scott Brown off today. With that being his 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 last old fun game as yeah, such. There's, there's, there's no sentiment in football, Charlie. No. 100%. 100%. But this is this is what happens that sometimes when you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And it's a bit like Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon going on and going on and going on. The decision of being the manager should have been took out of his hands for yeah. for various other for, for other reasons. Alex and that's Bale, where... That that's where you've got to look at it and, and manage it. I remember I was fortunate or unfortunate, whatever way you want to look at it. I refereed Neil's, Neil Lennon's last game at Celtic Park as a player mm-hmm. against Aberdeen. And he came out at half time and he said, he says, Charlie, just to let you know, about 84 minutes, there's a substitution made and I'm going to go off. Uh, I'm going to take my time and all that and, and milk everything. And I says, I may bother. And the ball went out for a throw in, and uh, I says to him, I says, well, you got a day after you've finished playing? He says, oh, I don't know yet. I says, do you fancy the refereeing? I've never been as, <laughs> I've never been as swore at as much in all my life. <laughs> but again, when you look at it from that point of view, a great reception, a great thing. Neil Lennon's legacy will, will not be broken because of what happened to his management. And I don't think personally Scott Brown's will because of what happened in the, in, in the last couple of days. I genuinely think Scott Brown will be back there as in a coaching role once he, finishes, once he finishes with Aberdeen. He'll be there as a coaching role, whether it be 18's reserves and potentially could be a, a first-team manager one day. I'm astonished, though. That you've, you've made a great point there, but I'm astonished he's not been offered a coaching role because you're not... Nobody's telling me if Scott Brown... I know Stephen Glass is his mate and things like that, and I totally get that. If Scott Brown was offered a coaching role at Celtic, under Eddie Howe, Scott Brown's staying at Celtic. But if that gets up to Davey, Eddie Howe want his game personnel in, and that's how Scott Brown went. Does Scott Brown still want to play in Celtic? I went, you're not playing, you can coach, but you're not playing. He's went, well, I want to still play. Potentially as well, yeah. You know? But you can't tell me Eddie Howe's... What's Eddie Howe saying, though, if he's getting told, you can come in as manager, but you've got to keep John Kennedy. You've got to keep Gavin Strachan. I know John Kennedy's been terrible what happened to him, but he is there out of, sent- out of sentiment. I'm, 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 if I was Eddie Howe... John Kennedy, John Kennedy was Peter Lowell's eyes and ears to Aye. keep Neil Lennon in check. Exactly. To- to Ooh, keep Neil Lennon in check, that, that's I've what he was there for. Along. I've said that all along, but John, are you telling me John, if John Kennedy 
Where, if John Kennedy was to leave Celtic, where's the first place you think he would end up? Alloa. Leicester City. It would be, it, Brendan Rodgers would take him to Leicester, I think. I don't know. I think they would. I think he would. He, he, he could have taken it at the time. He took Colo Tori. Why didn't so, he, though? Like, what's, that's, no, that, that's, that, that, that's what I'm saying. And it, I, I agree to a certain extent there is a, a sympathetic element to, to the John Kennedy situation. And I would love to see what John Kennedy's credentials are to be a director of football. I know. You know? Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm trying to say get, that as well, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't get that at all. And Let's be honest. Let's, let's look at the facts. John Kennedy's won three out of eight games, and one of them was against Falkirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my record was better than that at Golson, and I get sacked, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. And I get sacked. Um, <laughs> and I have folk in Goston to please, exactly, I'll tell exactly. you. I mean, lovely, 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 lovely people, but your, your record's weak <laughs> for itself. I think I won four out of eight. So, but I, 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 I agree to a certain extent, Scott. I, I, I really do. And Again, I am never going to be in this situation. But if some if somebody came to you and said, right, you can have the job, but X, Y, and Z, that's your coaching staff. You've never met these guys. You don't know them. You don't know the way they work, their philosophy. I'd be telling you, I think the whole thing needs to go. And but did that know, did that know happen with Ronnie Dyla? Did that know happen with Ronnie Dyla? Well, it was in under Rogers, but I got that. I got that because he was in, I think it was something to do with the youths as well. But Rogers had you said there about somebody to bounce off of Rogers and Chris Davis. Yeah, he was his, he, that was his right hand man. Yeah, exactly. That was somebody, his, yeah. And that's what you want, and that's what Eddie Howe wants. Mm-hmm. Eddie Howe wants people in there that you can bounce off of. Soon you go back to, to Martin O'Neill, right? Martin O'Neill had John Robertson yeah. to bounce off of. But see the master tactician. The master tactician of that was the guy behind Steve Walford. That's him. Mm-hmm. That's him. And I, I remember watching once uh, when I was fourth official at them and, and O'Neill would go to Robertson and say, I'm going to make a change. What do you think this for this? And they would turn around and the decision, and that's where Walford would come in and say, make change. Make, and he was he was a tactician with regards to that. It's a bit like your golf. It's a bit like the golf player in the caddy. And all the golf player does is hits the shot, but he's good at it. But the caddy does all the work. And Walford was amazing. And that's where when Martin O'Neill left, he took him with him. Mm-hmm. And you tend to find that, I know people will say, oh, it's jobs for the boys and all that. But if you're a manager and you've got somebody that you can bounce off of and you'll take him anywhere, anywhere you go, he'll go. But as Steve Walford was well thought of, Steve Walford yes, and to yes. Gavin Strachan is a favoured job. Is he though? He is. Steve, Gavin Stra- is Gavin Strachan a well thought of coach? I, I, I don't know in terms of his coaching. He's come into Celtic at a, a real bad time. Um, and I could have understood it if they then appointed Gordon Strachan, you know, to come in and manage at the end of the season. I could have understood it. But was there not some link? Um, I had a wee rumour that. Was Gavin Strachan at Brentford before he came? Yeah. I think it was something to do with employing him to try and get the Ivan Tony deal done. And then it, it, fell, it, it fell through as well. That goes back to another point, though, recruitment. Like how many times have you mentioned on here, John McGinn, Ivan Tony's another one? Celtic I think are... John McGinn was the, the straw that broke Brendan Rodgers' yeah. back. But it goes back, was... it goes back to yeah. this started then. Brendan Rodgers... Wanted players in, and we can go through who they were. Yeah, Brendan but I think Rodgers, McGinn was the major one. But Brendan, but Celtic, in my opinion, 
When Brendan Rodgers left the club, showed overconfidence, but not appointing a similar manager. You can go back and look at the money Celtic got for Brendan Rodgers. Neil Lennon wasn't this, that type of manager. Neil Lennon wasn't this. Do you think Wilson Celtic could have went and got a manager, a manager then similar to Brendan Rodgers, and they would have been lifting the trophy in May? Yeah, but Neil Lennon still won five trophies after Brendan Rodgers yeah. left. Yeah, that's what you have to remember. Against, but would you not say it was against the Rangers who were still building, and then won a treble off his own back mm-hmm. against the mighty Stephen Gerrard? And before Gerard could get his feet under the table, but Gerard the was giving time. Ger- this yeah. team, this Gerard team's been three years built. That's yeah. it's took three years yeah. to build that Gerard team. Yeah, and now, 40 million pounds, Scott. Yeah, so did Ben. So, well, Celtic, yeah. Celtic, so, so, so well, they've got a goalkeeper yeah. at five million pounds who right. Neil Lennon came out in January and said, That's he's my number one. Doesn't play him after that. Sitting right. on the bench, you've got Scott Bain, who, in my opinion, is a decent goalkeeper as a Celtic standard. Not in my opinion. You've got a right back, John Joe Kenny, who's, in my opinion, looked okay, not Celtic standard. Ryan Christie, Turnbull, I think, has been posted. I know Turnbull's a terrific player, posted missing in big games, rushing James Forrest back because you've nobody else in that position. Yeah, the, going, the, the recruitment's been the problem from the start. And yeah. I can understand Peter Law's situation because. If that's who Nicky Hammond or Neil Lennon was saying, I wouldn't have given him any more money. There's yeah. absolutely no way they've given that money. There's, there's, there's talk about like tacticians and etc. But see Celtic this season, anytime I've watched them, there's nobody giving 110% on that park, not one player. And that is the biggest problem, especially today. I mean, watching that today, there was nobody at a bit of obviously they've they've, they've no one to the the row, etc. So the day should be Right, let's go out here, stop Rangers for going undefeated in the league before Wilson butts in and says anything. Um, but there was, I just feel the players won the, they just didn't look up for it at all, did they? Whereas you should be going out there, want to run through brick walls to stop Rangers for going undefeated in the league. Yeah, yeah. Right, well, we'll touch on something, we'll touch on the final point about this before we move on to a couple of fan questions. Wilson, how many of the, Rangers, the Celtic team will be there next season? The Celtic team that started today. Well, I think I think it will probably come down to who's under contract and who's necessity. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of performance, probably in effect, none of them will be there. Edward, well, suppose back for the back. Bain may, may stay as a backup goalkeeper, but that's what Celtic need first and foremost. Um, Kate, John Joe came away back on loan. Um, Welsh, he's not ready. He's not, no, nowhere near good enough. So send him to Kilmarnock if he wants. We'll take him and have a wee look at him. I will be away. Greg, Greg Taylor, I think, will be there. He's under contract. Brown will be away. I think someone will buy McGregor. Turnbull will possibly be there. He'll be under contract. Forrest will see out his days at Celtic. Um, El Yunus will be away and Edward will be away. So, but you got two there. Two or three, <laughs> aye. Two or three, aye. So, but, and again, and again, it amazes me. It amazes me because Greg, and I know Kelly's a smaller club than Celtic, but Greg Taylor was incredible for Kelly three, four seasons in a row and he became the scapegoat at Celtic. Greg Taylor is good enough to play for Celtic but Celtic fans screaming for a left back because of the ball and goalie affair and then Greg Taylor getting crucified for it all. I think that forced Neil Lennon to not play him and going for that fella Laxalt who, oh, don't even get me started on him and Frimpong. Don't even get me started. Um, so, 
as I say, and that and that's why I'm questioning the person that comes in needs ten to fifteen players, and that takes time to get in. It takes time to gel. Do you know what I mean? And are Celtic going to be like Rangers and Rangers supporters to a certain extent and give Eddie Howe two or three years? I don't think so. That's where I think you need to be. That's that. See, this it's a results-driven business, and and the new manager's going to come in and he's going to have his philosophy and that. You can't have a philosophy in six months, six weeks, then for there. If you as a board bring in the manager in, you've got to back him, you've got to support him, and you've got to give him time. And if you don't reap the benefits of that, then then you make a decision. But as we know, everything's results-driven business and fan, fan voice is uh, quite a big thing to deal with. When the thing is, Stephen, you mentioned a, a, a brilliant point, and I remember it very, very well. And we're taking it down a level, but that season Talbot started rubbish, and people were writing to the club and saying Tucker must go, get him out, get him out. It's the old cliche, isn't it? Be careful what you wish for. But what, what, I, what I was trying trying to get at is Rangers had those was it four seasons in the lower leagues with three or four different managers, whatever it was. So they had, even though they were winning these leagues, you know, the fans still seemed to have the patience to support the team till they got to the Premier League. Then Gerrard's brought in and they've had the patience for, what, three seasons? Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is it. I don't believe the Celtic fans are going well, to the do They're huffy. They're huffy. They've got to. Yes, I, I agree. Exactly. I don't think they will. I think uh, Celtic yeah. fans would rather get you no know, a Martin Neil Gordon striking type figure in and get the lead back. I, I don't you can't think they have the patience to build again. You can't be so dominant in the level of football with those players and expect them to go on and on and on and on and on without yeah. your transition period. You need your transition period where you blood the young guys in and take it for there. And the job, the job, Wilson, is a at Celtic is massive and you know I don't even think the best manager in the world will turn that round in one season the job is massive and you need to give a minimum I would say a minimum of two seasons for the manager coming in to do to, to get a, a turnaround to get them back up to, to where you're winning trebles or you're winning etc etc Definitely. We'll move on to a couple of fan questions. First of all, is Billy Gilmore good enough to make the Scotland squad for add, since the add, addition of three spaces? Oh, Stevie, we'll give that to you. Obviously, he started last night and Thomas Tuchel raved about him. I think Thomas Tuchel's been under, kind of been, I think, been measuring him quite well. Thomas Tuchel thought, thinks he's good enough to play for Chelsea now. What's your thoughts? Think he could make the Scotland squad? Obviously, it's completely different playing with Scotland as the Chelsea because Billy Gilmore's getting on the ball, looking up, and there's world-class players making movements for him, for him to pass the ball, or he's passing the ball and getting it back. Whereas, playing with Scotland, has he got that, has he got the likes, obviously, you know, got like Pulisic and et cetera, making runs for him, for him to pass balls. So, it's one of the man. It's a hard question, but personally, I would take him. No. Because we have got a 26-man squad now, Prince of Harmon, no taking him. 
Charlie, Charlie, see you shake your head. No, no. Let the boy develop. Let the boy become a man. Let the boy be coached in the way he's been coached and then his time will come. There's no doubt about it. His time will come to be a Scotland great player. But can you imagine, Stephen, you're turning in the middle of the park and you're looking up and there's Ollie McBurney. You're no good. You're no. And Kim, what will happen? Gilmer will get slated for playing a brilliant ball that McBurney doesn't have it. Or Dykes or whatever. Let the boy. And Fletcher, Darren Fletcher was a brilliant example. Brilliant at Man United. Came to Scotland, hardly kicked a ball because of the environment round about him. For oh, their, every manager, every manager you talk to, whether it's Jack Ross at Hibs, for their, uh, Tuchel at Chelsea, etc. My boys should be in the Scotland squad. My boys should be in the Scotland squad. Give them more time. Let them develop and let them go through. And then when they show that maturity, because you players are great at saying it's a massive jump. It's a jump for the championship to the premiership. It's a jump for the premiership to England. It's a jump for England to international football. And, and the, the perfect example is the boy Foden. The boy Foden was the captain of England when they won the under-20s World Cup. Get him into the squad game. No, no, no. They waited, they waited, they waited. And now they've coached and managed him. And now he's in and he's becoming. And that's the way we should go with the likes of Gilma. I, I think there's two, there's two ways you look at it. You, you know, if you are numbers 24, 25 and 26, then there's a high, high chance you're not going to play. Right? So do you take the likes of Billy Gilma, you know, you know, and get him used to that kind of tournament scene and this is what goes on, let him train every day, you know, with, with more experienced, not necessarily better players, but more experienced players. Because I see the likelihood is of them playing is, is very small. However, if if you do take someone like Billy Gilmer, an occasion in the years, I don't think we'd face that kid, you know? And I think he'd be fine to do something different because... <laughs> Even if it was, let's just say, for example, um, let's just say it's Chris Buck. Now, we know Chris Buck's 30 or whatever it is, but the Croatians, the Czechs, and the, Eng the English have done no checks on Chris Buck. So you have a surprise package that you can bring on with 20 minutes to go and could change, could change a game or could get you a goal from somewhere. But I, I don't see the point in maybe if he's open to 20, uh, 24, 25, 26 is then all right, we can now take Scott McKenna, we can now take Greg Taylor, we can, you know, and it's just, Rory always makes a good point. Don't take same and samey. You need to take players that can do something that no other player in the squad can do. And that's where I think Billy Gilmer falls into that category. Now, when we did the squad selection, I had him in my squad anyway. You know, I had him in the squad anyway because he won't start. There's absolutely no doubt he won't start. But is he, I mean, is he never ahead of McGregor and Christie in the middle of the park. I mean, I think he's behind Armstrong, McTominay, McGinn. Don't get me wrong, but is he now ahead of them? Is he going to play Chelsea's? I mean, I don't think he would start the Champions League final if he get there or the semi-final. But could he play the next three or four league games and really put himself in the shot window? 
Definitely. Final question before we, we move, before we finish up. Who will make the Scottish Cup final? Obviously, two semi-finals next weekend. And D United versus Hibs, St Marin versus St Johnston. Charlie, who do you think will reach the final? Hibs and Johnston. Aye, Hibs and Johnston as well. Wilson? And the funny thing is, I think St Johnston will do a double. Having been there, seen it and done it and wore the T-shirt, I've got a sneaky, sneaky feeling. Well, I, I tend to agree. However, I would like Dundee United to get to the final because when it came to the vote in 2012, they voted with their morals. So it's a club I hold dear to my heart because of their moral voting standards. Uh, Eddie Thompson's son, is it Stephen Thompson at the time? So I, I, I would like them, but I, I do think the two favourites would be Habs and St. Johnston. Brilliant. Final, just final thing before we finish up. Wilson, you're allowed to have dinner with three referees, past or present, who would you have? Oh, Charlie, obviously, Charlie, every day of the week, the only referee I know with honesty and integrity <laughs> and does not have an Ibrox season ticket. Um, even though he's wearing a blue jumper tonight, I hope there's no badge on it. Um, I, 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 I think, to be honest, I mean, possibly Hugh Dallas. Yeah, I, need to I wouldn't share a table with him. I will, but I need to make an apology to him because I threw something once and it happened. So I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I much want to apologize to the fella. Um, no, no, of course, I'm only kidding if there's any police officers watching. Uh, and, and referees, I mean, they're, they're all, I, I, I couldn't sit with three Rangers supporters. It's bad enough, you know, with Pikey, Rory, and Shankers every week. If, if I could have a Zoom, um, I always quite like uh, Craig Thompson. Even though he's a big Rangers supporter that he is, I always quite liked him. I think he had that kind of authoritarian presence about him. And then the other one is, uh, was it, is it Callum Murray, the red-haired guy? Aye, uh, Callum. Uh-huh. Because he, he was in charge of the shame game at Parkhead, wasn't he? With Lennon and McCoy, and you know, all the sendings off. Yeah. He just looked like a rabbit caught in headlights during all. He was shaking like a leaf and panicking. Or who, who was fourth official that night? Ian Brines. Well, Ian Brines, because I would love to know what Ali McCoy said to Neil Lennon and vice versa. So maybe Ian Brines would, would squeeze in. So, Charlie, you're bumped, mate. Ian <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Brilliant. Another great Cheers. episode. Thanks very much to everyone who's, who's tuned in. Charlie, Steve, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on this week. No Thanks again, Scott. Wilson, pleasure as always. Jordan. Thanks, Scott. Like, thanks, Scott. We haven't missed Rory and Shankers at one iota. <laughs> Well, I, I saw a headline. I saw a headline today that can kind of caused me a wee bit concern. Shankland for Russia. Apparently, there's a Russian team in for Shankland. Is that your? Is that your mark? Is that uh, Shankers leaving Talbot and going to Russia? No, no, I think that's because it was on that. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if uh, the Russians are ready for him yet. To be honest, we've had enough with Putin. <laughs> <laughs> Turn over, Gary O'Connor. Did Gary O'Connor not go there for a spell? Yes, I. I well, fair play. Ben Shankers as well. Then. <laughs> he, he done a story. He done an inside story. Um, the BBC documentary, and he told us at half time they were down in the local derby, and the chairman came in and offered them something like fifty thousand pound to win the game, a player, and <laughs> for that, phenomenal.
That's like, that's, that's like my cocky at Talbot said it's 50 fee up there. Is that a stingy? <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Cheers. <laughs>